special edition we speak to Spencer Beeb about his project and his motivations behind creating it. Hi there, my name is Spencer Beebe. I'm a puzzle designer from Los Angeles, California, and I thought it would be fun to talk a little bit about the game I'm designing for this year's uh, Puzzle People Secret Santa Facebook group, which I just learned about this year. And the whole concept is amazing. Uh, so I'm really happy to be a part of it this year. I'm really excited to see what everyone else is making and for what I'm making as well is, is getting me very excited. And I thought I might talk about why that is. Uh, I suppose I'll talk about myself first because what good narcissist wouldn't do that? I have always really loved designing puzzles. I wouldn't say I was designing puzzles professionally, until 2016, some friends and I opened up an escape room, and we designed it all ourselves because that's the whole fun part. That's the only fun part of owning an escape room is designing it. And that company was Escape Chronicles. We had two games. Uh, we think they were very good. We got lots of good feedback. Then we wound up opening another escape room company through some strange reasons. We, we made it a, a different company, and so that was Level Games. Um, where we had some, I think, again, very, very fun games that we designed. And other people besides myself agree, which is a good sign. Since then, I have been trying to design some at-home experiences. I've yet to actually come out with anything concrete. Um, but my first foray into designing an at-home game came at, I think, in early 2019. I think I had a fun idea of the an at-home game that would come as a locked briefcase and the basic story would be that you as a as a good samaritan have come across this briefcase and so you have decided that you'll try and figure out who it belongs to so you can return it to the the owner so even though it might be a little dubious you'll see if you can crack open this briefcase to learn the owner's identity so that you can return it to them and that was the initial premise. And then once you crack it open, oh, oh boy, wouldn't you know, there's some, maybe some dark things going on for whoever owns this briefcase. And then as I was designing it, I started getting into the logistical elements of the design and doing the crunch in the numbers, the manufacturing cost and stuff like that. And it was going to wind up being more expensive of a product than I, I wanted for what would be my first at-home offering. So it was looking to be like maybe be like a $90 or $100 game. Uh, that's U.S. dollars for all us international fans. So I had written this really, really intricate backstory for this briefcase game. And none of it wound up in the game. But I had it sitting there and I wanted to come up with some other small... This is very long-winded, but it's all going to come around. So I shelved the briefcase game, fully intending to come back to it because I really liked some of the stuff that was going on in it and tried to come up with a, a smaller scale game that could work as my initial at-home puzzle game offering. So, you know, people, well, you know, people, no one knows me. Who the heck am I even? So wanted something a little bit more bite-sized, a little bit nicer on the wallet that people might be more willing to jump into. 
So I came up with uh, a separate premise for a game that all takes place in a deck of playing cards. Throughout the course of the game, you uncover the backstory, like the full backstory that I had written for this briefcase game that I had designed. And so that card game's nearing completion, doing some beta tests, and I'm finally finally starting to have some beta tests that actually go well, which is a good sign. Uh, we had a, a couple bumpy tests in the beginning. Then I learn about this uh, the Secret Santa exchange that happens amongst um, some of the people on the Puzzle People Facebook group. So conceptually, with this Secret Santa game, you only need to make one of the thing. So mass producing it is not a factor at all. And had this game that I designed, that I shelved, um, sort of begrudgedly, and now I get to bring it out again. So the game I'm designing for The Secret Santa is my initial, I call it briefcase game, um, but the actual title of it was going to be If Lost, Return To. I've uh, revamped the story a little bit from uh, my initial schemes. The story is no longer you happened upon a random briefcase and decided to be a good Samaritan. The story is you have recently signed up to be a member of the Do-Gooder Squad, which is an overly nice, like a violently friendly and nice organization that seeks to do good deeds. And so once you sign up to be a, an agent of the do-gooder squad, you'll get sent little tasks to perform to, you know, do nice things for the world. Whether or not you can trust the do-gooder squad is yet to be seen. But uh, I really liked the, there's going to be some fun, a uh, lot of tongue-in-cheek stuff. Uh, I want to see if I can actually animate a little uh, a little cartoon character who's sort of the mascot of the Do-Gooder Squad. His name is Mr. Two-Shoes. And I wanted to have a little uh, animation intro from Mr. Two-Shoes as a sort of explaining the Do-Gooder Squad. And so that seems really funny to me. Um, the, the, the way my projects tend to work is I'll come up with a fun, cool idea and I'll be like, all right, let's just try and keep it cool this whole time and not get too silly with it. And then inevitably by the end of it, it's all very, very silly. Um, and I just can't help myself. And I, I you know, I, I do it on purpose. I, you know, it cracks me up. And so, yeah, that's sort of how it all came about. Uh, I mean, the initial idea for the briefcase started mechanically. It was, boy, wouldn't it be cool if there was an at-home puzzle game that came in a locked briefcase? So, you know, the first set of puzzles is, you know, all exterior and you get into the briefcase, and then everything in the briefcase is something that, like, diegetically makes sense in a briefcase. You know, you've got, you know, some printed out emails, some crinkled up papers, you know, like some candy wrappers. And, you know, you can, you can sort of, uh, you know, you can learn a lot about a person by what they might have in their briefcase. And that's sort of the, the that was the initial plan and, or the, you know, the onset of it. And then from there, it was, okay, let me come up with a narrative that fits nicely that would justify it being in a briefcase so as far as where you start with your idea where you start with your design uh it tends to get simplified down to like oh do you start designing puzzles or do you start designing story and then like a hundred percent of people go oh you start with story and so it's like well you know it's not even a discussion really why is it even a talking point everyone it everyone universally agrees like you start with a story and that informs everything you should be doing. But I like to, here's my hot take, is that I don't think it starts with a story. I think it starts with constraints. I love 
constraints. I love making constraints for myself, like make a puzzle game that just takes place on 52 playing cards, or okay, technically it's 54 playing cards because of those, those lovely jokers. Or, you know, you know, make a game that's just in a briefcase and it's only using items that you would you would expect to find in a briefcase. And constraints like that, I think, are where it really starts. And there's two categories of constraints, I guess. And there's there's like unavoidable constraints. You've got you've got budget, you've got, you know, materials, you've got your your own skill set. These are all things you have to work within and and around. And the, and the more creative you can get with those, the better your product is. But then you've got another set of constraints that are voluntary um, that are invented. So the story that you're coming up with is is a constraint. The story's going to determine the setting, which is going to determine the, you know, artifacts you'll be dealing with, the characters you'll come across. And I mean, you, you definitely want to, if you, you know, if you want to have a nice, solid story, you want to constrain yourself within it. Um, you don't want to take someone out of the story by, I, I mean, the escape room example is always you're in like a medieval castle. And if you need a hint, you have to call on a walkie talkie, like, you know, it doesn't work uh, or it doesn't fit. And so, you know, that concept, you know, continues over into at-home games. So yeah, I, I love thinking in terms of constraints. I think that when you're designing a game, it doesn't start with story because I think there's more, there's more to it than, oh, do you start with puzzles or do you start with story? It's like, no, you need to decide what your constraints are. Well, I guess there's, <laughs> There's only some constraints you get to decide on, right? Uh, you know, what, how much money are you going to spend? What's, what's the story going to be? What's the setting going to be? And then there are constraints that, you, you know, you don't have any power over. It's not a decision, but it's, it's a reality that you want to identify and work within. I feel like there's a 20% chance that uh, some of that made sense, uh, which is pretty good for me. Uh, so we'll, we'll go with that. So I had designed a lot of this game previously and then shelved it. Um, and now that I've dusted it back off, I've started tweaking things to adjust for the sort of the new version of the story that's going to play out. Fortunately, a lot of the puzzles all still work. So I feel like I've got like, I feel like I'm cheating a little bit because a lot of the design is, the, a lot of the foundation is there for me already, which for me is a huge relief because... As you'll see from every third post in the Secret Santa Facebook group, uh, it's 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 intimidating to see all these really really talented designers and just passionate fans of puzzle design sharing stuff. Yeah, it's 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 intimidating to see all that happen and be like, oh boy, I, I you know I want I want my project to live up to what what I think some of these other designers are going to produce. So being able to have this really huge jumping off point is quite a relief. Even with that though, I do keep making more work for myself. I do have a problem where if I come up with an idea that I think is cool, I just I just resign to the fact that I'm now doing it. So the initial game was going to be this, you know, this big epic expensive game and so you're going to have some phone numbers you could call and you would really call them and get people's voicemail greetings, call up like a company and you'd get their like uh, employee directory and you know, things like that. And I didn't want to have to set all that up for the Secret Santa just cuz you know there's a cost associated with that that I would be nice to avoid and there was a there was a lot that I had planned to do. There was a lot of different phone numbers and and things to to do and listen to with the phone. So for the Secret Santa, my first thought was, I'll just, I'll just uh, change it. 
you know, I'll just uh, come up with something else. Uh, I'm a creative guy. I can come up with something else. But then I, I told myself, you know how you don't know anything about coding anything or web design at all? What if you, by yourself, tried to code a web app that looked like a phone and then players could just click on the numbers on the phone to dial a number, then it will play the associated audio and, and just make it sound like it's coming through a phone. And and so, yeah, I did that. I, I beat my head against a rock for five or six weeks getting it all working. And now it does. And that was so uh, that was I, I had the idea. And then I just sort of had resigned myself to the fact that it, it would be really cool. And I could keep I could keep all of the design for all of the phone related stuff. I already had. And also one of the, one of the interactions with the phone, I'm really, really proud of. I think it's really fun. So I'm very happy that that will live on in this Secret Santa. Um, I don't have an ending for it yet. That's a little scary. I know what's going to... I know what I want. I know what the story is once the player um, gets done with everything. But I've not actually written or planned, like what what it is you know how how does how is that story going to get delivered in any capacity i have not worked that out and i'm procrastinating <laughs> i'm procrastinating on it because i haven't figured it out yet but i think that's sort of my style so i hope it comes to me in the shower uh, <laughs> it's it's pretty easy going <laughs> so in conclusion uh the reason that i am so excited for this year's secret santa project is the the nature of the nature of the beast of this uh, whole endeavor is you need to make one game, just one copy, so you can go crazy with it. You can find really cool artifacts, you know, spend a lot of time, you know, fine-tuning one particular thing um, without needing to worry about how to make lots of duplicates if you were going to make a lot of copies. So you can go crazy with things like that. And then on the other hand, it's, I feel it's known amongst all the designers that everyone's sort of doing this in their free time. It's, you know, it's for the love of the game. So it doesn't need to be this perfectly finalized work of art. Um, I know a lot of people are going to do their best to, to make it that, but it's perfectly, I, at least I think, perfectly forgivable if some stuff is, you know, taped together, you know, as long as it's getting the point across. So it's this cool blend of those two aspects that is exactly perfect for what I had going on with my game that I had shelved all those years ago. It's the it's like the more I thought about it, the the crazier it was how perfect this whole endeavor was for for what I for I want what I wanted to be doing with my time. So yeah, that's that's what's got me jazzed, y'all, about this whole enterprise. That's it. There's definitely no way to top saying that you're jazzed. Unironically using the adjective jazzed is yeah. <laughs> is not is not going to be topped anytime soon. I imagine a lot of the listeners will be members of the Secret Santa group. So <laughs> So go get them folks. No, what's a fun? I should have come up with a a sign off. I should have come up with a phrase like this is Spencer Beebe saying, keep your puzzles tight and your Santa's a secret. That was good. That was untouchable. Beat that, anybody. You can't. You can't. Okay, bye. 
That was Spencer Beebe there, keeping his puzzles tight and his Santa secret, and we are seeking urgent medical help for him. So um, please do uh, bear that in mind when you contact him. He lost it a little bit near the end, but um, we're all rooting for him. And it was so good to hear from another maker, and I especially love the stories that you get where you hear about the evolution of a story, where it became something from something being mass-produced to something being an absolute one-off. Wonderful. If you are part of the Secret Santa group, or if you're not part of the Secret Santa group and you want to contribute, please do get in contact because I would love to hear other evolution stories. <laughs> This is Step Lockyer on behalf of Enigmailed, the Nightjar podcast or puzzle cast. Um, stay tuned for new episodes every week. <laughs> <laughs>